But I, I was going to preach on something completely different, but in the, about the middle of the week, I, I really felt like I wanted to say something to dads. What a wonderful privilege to be a dad. I count it one of the great honors I have, but it's also a great responsibility, amen? I mean, all those wonderful things we've got to remember to say that they, they taught us here today. I mean, I'm sure you've been saying all those things in your home, but, but it's, a, it's a great privilege to be a dad. I, I do hope and pray that what I say, I don't want you to tune out if you're not a dad, but I hope it applies to all of us. But, but today, really, I want to call dads to be great lovers, isn't it good to be a great lover? You know, we kind of aspire. I want to be a great lover. Well, I hope you want to be a great lover. And there's three areas I want to talk about this morning, three very simple areas for, for God to just speak to us again about our love. And, and the first one is that dads and every one of us, we need to love God. Uh, scripture makes it very clear that, that that's the great command on all of our life. In fact, when a, a teacher of the law came to Jesus and said, well, what is the greatest commandment? It tells us in Matthew 22, 37 through 38, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. I know you know it, but it's good to again remind yourself of this. Your first calling, male, female, whoever you are here today, your first calling is not to your career. First calling is not to your country. First calling is not even to your spouse. It's not to your children. Your, your first calling is to your God, to love him, love him with all of your heart. Now, here's the good news. When you really do that, when you love God and you have a life of pursuing him, you're going to be a better citizen of your country. You're going to be a better person on your job. You're going to be a better husband or wife. You're going to be a better father or mother. The Apostle Paul says in one of his letters to the church, he said, you can tell when people have been really walking by the Spirit of God because you see these qualities in their life. There's fruit, he said, in their life. More and more you're seeing them being people of love and joy, and peace, and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And, and won't those help us in every aspect of our lives? Whether it's on our job, it's certainly dads. That's going to make you a better husband. That's going to make you a better father when more and more your, your life is marked by love, and joy, and peace, and all those other great qualities that, that Paul mentioned. And so I, I challenge you today to really confirm this love in your home. Dads, I, so often we've allowed women to be the spiritual leaders in the family. I'm glad for wonderful, godly moms. I had a great mom. I had a grandmother that was a, a model of prayer. But I, I don't want them to have all the fun. <laughs> I want us to be also examples and, and make a, a, a firm uh, commitment in our home. We're going to be people that serve the Lord. I, I think sometimes we, we know our kids know whether we're Sooner or Cowboy fans. They know whether we're de Democrat or Republican. We talk about those things. And we, we go over those things. We react to things we see on television. But maybe sometimes we're more hesitant to really say and to speak, you know what? As for me and our house, we're going to serve the Lord. 
That's what Joshua did. And he, he made that bold statement. And you may think, well, boy, if I make that bold kind of statement, people around me, are, my kids, my wife, they're going to expect me to be perfect. No, that's not true. You won't be perfect, but you'll be perfectly able to see that you're not. <laughs> and you'll be able to acknowledge that and confess that. And when you mess up, to, to even ask for forgiveness. But I hope as a part of your love for God, you're, you're making a clear commitment to serve God in your household. Along with that, I hope that you'll model a pursuit of God. Sometimes we say things with our lip. Yeah, we're going to be a people that, that serve God, but our, but our actions show otherwise. And if our words say one thing and our actions another, our children are going to follow our actions. So model that pursuit after God. Not only say, this is who we are. I'm a person, and I want our family to be people that really love God and serve him, but model that pursuit of God. And then look for ways to teach your kids what it means to follow Christ and to seek first his kingdom. I'm glad you have great things for kids. It's going to be fun to see what happens next week. You have youth. You have some of them at camp this week. But you know what? We can't leave our teachers for our kids or our youth pastor. We can't leave spiritual training to them. It's our responsibilities as as dads and and moms in our household. Um, There's a a friend friend of mine that wrote a book, Discipled by Jesus. Hal Perkins is his name. And and it's a great book for you to read. But I I love one one of my... friends that I think a lot of, a guy named Casey, I see regularly on Facebook, um, because he's taken really serious himself being discipled and helping his kids to be discipled by Jesus. And I love seeing when he puts pictures of, of him with his daughter, and every week with his daughter and with his son, their elementary age, he, he's putting pictures of, of meeting with them and just talking about how it's exciting to see Jesus at work in their lives. Well, whether you do it in the, the, the method of discipled by Jesus as Hal Perkins decided, or, or whatever method you use, somehow we've got to be a part of teaching and, and helping our kids to know what it means to be a Christ follower and how we work that out in our daily life. So dads, love God. Love, be a great lover. Love him with all of your heart. Secondly, you need to love your wife. You know, that's clear in Scripture. Ephesians 5, 25 to 33, husbands, love your wives. What's that look like? How do you love them? Well, he goes on to tell what it looks like. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy. Boy, you mean I'm supposed to follow that example of Christ? You mean it's a sacrificial love? You mean it's laying down my life, my rights, my privileges in order to serve the other? Yeah. That's the kind of love God calls you to to have for your wife. Paul says he gave himself up, Christ did, for the church to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies, Love, he said, love as Christ loved the church. Love as you love your own body. You probably tried to take some care of your body, even eating the pancakes or whatever. You know, you're, you're trying to nourish your body. He said, take care of 
your wife in the same way. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect his husband. You know, as dads, uh, those are great humorous statements we have, but we, we really do want to give the best to our kids. And, and we work hard to, to provide for them and provide shelter and provide food and uh, you know, we're working alongside our spouse with, with those goals. And, and we want them to have the best education. I mean, we try to hopefully be involved what's happening with our schools and making sure that they're getting good training there and be a part of that in the home. We, we try to give them the, the, the best athletic opportunities. I mean, we run after that. We're, we're helping our kids be in teams and we're driving them around all over the place. We get them involved in piano lessons and, and music lessons and dance, all kinds of things, because we, we want the best for them. We want to give them every opportunity to succeed. One of the things that just amazes me is people who research this, people who talk about the most important thing we can give to our kids tell us that more important than all of those things, those things are good. But they said, if your child wants to have the best chance for success in life, the best thing that you can give them is a mom and dad that love each other. What a tremendous gift you give when you give that. Uh, uh, there's the security that comes with that. There's the, the sense of identity and belonging. And so if you really want to be the, the best dad you can be, Love your wife. Love this essay from an 11-year-old boy. What do you like most about your home? He said, my mom keeps a cookie jar in the kitchen. And we can help ourselves, except we can't if it's too close to mealtime. Only my dad can anytime. When he comes home from the office, he helps himself no matter if it's just before we eat. He always slaps my mother on the behind and brags about how great she is and how good she can cook. Then she turns around and they hug. The way they do it, you'd think they just got married or something. It makes me feel good. This is what I like best about my home. What a great letter. I hope your kids see that. See you loving one another. In God's providence, when Gloria and I had been married just about a year, um, Gloria was pregnant, our first child on the way, and it, we hadn't planned on being parents that early, but, uh, but it happened. And uh, so we're, we're getting ready for this new child to come, but I, uh, I worked at representing a, a publishing house at a conference where there was a bunch of single adult speakers. And one of them was Harold Ivan Smith. And Harold Ivan Smith was one of the in-demand speakers. He had written a book under a different pen name, but it's his story, Jason Loves Jane, but they got a divorce. And I 
I had never read that book. I'd never heard him. I'd never met him. But I was at that conference. I read the book, couldn't put it down. Then I got acquainted with him, and, and we were on the same plane back, uh, going back to Kansas City where Gloria and I lived. And Harold took an interest in us. And one of the things I remember, Gloria, you probably remember this too. Uh, he, he talked to us as we were getting ready to have that first child, and he said, you know, because we want to love our kids, he said, often parents fall into the trap of becoming one flesh with their child, and they neglect their own relationship. And he could tell what's happened with that because he works so much with, with people through divorce. And he said, so he counseled us before this first baby got here, make sure you keep nurturing your own relationship that's you're to leave mother and father to cleave to one another and become one flesh together. I know your kids need you, and I, I know that, that you've got to take care of them. But don't let that be your primary relationship. Your kids are going to need you to love one another and to care for each other. I'm thankful for God's providence and, and allowing that to be here. We, we had to remind ourselves of that truth. Many times. Also thankful for, for good books. I, I had uh, a break this week with a representative from Focus on the Family who was in town, and, and, and we've started becoming friends. His name's Tim. And, and I, I told Tim, I said, you know, when I was a young married man, a young father, I just read everything I could from Focus on the Family because I was just trying to learn, how do I do this? What am I supposed to do to be a good husband and be a good father? And one of the things I also read was a, a book by Charlie Shedd. And Charlie Shedd, I mentioned about the importance of habits and traditions. Charlie Shedd was very helpful to me in thinking about, okay, what are some habits you have in a busy lifestyle and making sure you have time with your kids and making sure you have time with your wife. And I, I won't talk about the one with the kids, although, man, they were helpful to me. I tried to put those into practice. But with, with your spouse, he said, there's a couple things you got to do. I mean, I know life is demanding and it's hard. And this was even before uh, text phones and computers like we have now. But he said, you got to make some time together. So, so have a time for, a, for a, a date together or a meal together every week. And on your budget, maybe that meal is going to be going for a picnic with bologna sandwiches. But, but somehow make time to get away together and to try to laugh and have fun together. And then he said something that startled me at first because I thought, wow, this isn't very much time. But he said, make 15 minutes for one another every day of undivided attention to one another. I think, man, 15 minutes, that's not very much in a 24-hour day. But he said, do you realize how rare that is to have 15 minutes where you're really focused in on one another? He said, so if at the end of the day, and here's a guy, he was a busy, he was a pastor, large church down in the Houston area. He traveled speaking. He said, at the end of the day, if you'd sit with one another, the TV's off, and now we'd have to have our, our, our phone off or away from us. And he'd say, if you just ask each other, what, what, was, the, what was the best thing about today? What's something you're anxious about tomorrow? And just hear each other and pray for each other. 
I, I can't say that we did that every day, but there's, well, we tried to do that, try to have that time to, to connect together. And if you're going to be a great lover, you're going to need that time, that time to just really focus in on one another. Dad, love God with all your heart. Love your wife. Third, love your children. There's a couple of scriptures we're going to put on the screen. I'd like you to read them with me. Let's read this aloud. Could we? First John 4, 16. And so we know and rely. And if you could, are you all reading aloud? I, I could barely hear a little bit, but let's, let's try it again. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. I found out last night my wife had put pictures on this PowerPoint. I hadn't seen this before. She, she designed this. So if you know all the people in the pictures, you get extra bonus points because she put my kids and my grandkids. Isn't that delightful? You'd probably like me to talk about my granddaughter there a little while, but I don't have time for that right now. Another scripture I'd like you to read. <clears throat> I think it's going to come up. Here it is. Let's read it aloud. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. 1 Peter 4, 8. When our kids were young, I told you I was trying to read and learn. and I mean, I, I knew I needed help to be a, a, a dad. And I remember a book that Gloria got me one time. It was a book by Bill Orr and Erwin Lutzer, the title of the book was, If I Could Change My Mom and Dad. Um, Bill Orr had been uh, one who spoke at children's crusades across the country, so he traveled, and in his travels, he'd try to talk with kids. And there were some questions he would ask them, and, and this was one of the questions he'd ask them. If I could change my mom and dad, I would. How would you answer that question? Many of you, it's a long time ago. Mom and dad might not even be alive now. But I wonder what you wish, if you could change one thing, what, what it might have been. And if you're, a, if you're a dad or mom today, how do you think your kids would answer that question? Maybe it's have some of the answers we saw on that video. But if I could change my mom and dad, I would. When the book... Bill Orr said the most common response was a group of responses with this message. If I could change my mom and dad, I'd have them love me all the time, not just with I'm good. Boy, that, that as a father is something I had to remind myself of often. Because without meaning to, often, maybe I was communicating that that. My love is conditional. If, if you're the good little boy or good little girl, then, then you're going to get hugs and you're going to get words of affirmation. Or if you get good grades or if you do whatever it is, the kind of things that bring me pleasure, the kind of thing that makes me feel good about being a dad, then I'll show love to you. But what our kids want is what every one of us want. We want somebody to love us even when we mess up, even when we screw up. And that's the, the thing that keeps us running to Jesus because he loves us with that kind of love. 
Scripture says, while we were still rebelling against him, he loved us. In fact, he demonstrated his love by sending Jesus to live and die on our behalf. If you're, if you're new here today and you're, or you don't know a lot about Jesus Christ, we tell you that's, that's one, some of the best news I could ever tell you is that while you're walking away from him, he's reaching out to you. And he keeps doing that, even through all of the, the mistakes and failures of our life. And, and we want that in a human relationship as well. Part of what we, we hope in a marriage is in this kind of covenant that we make with one another that, you know what, you can count on me to love you through the good times and through the bads. And when you look good and when you don't look good, and when you're, when you're responsive and loving back to me, and even when you're not, for, for better or for worse, richer or for poor, I, I'm committed to you. Man, we, we struggle to do that. Even in the best of marriages. But that's what we're trying to pursue, that kind of Christ-like love with one another. In the church, that ought to be happening. The church is a model of that. We point people to Christ's love for us by the way we love each other. And certainly our, our kids need that kind of love. Scripture uses a word in the New Testament, agape, because agape love is, is not a love like a brotherly love. Phileo or, or eros love. It, it's not based on reciprocal treatment of one another. It's not based just on feelings. Agape is choosing the good of the other, seeking the good of the other. It's not what I feel towards anyone. It's, it's how I'm choosing to act towards another, whatever they've done. Some time ago, a heartbroken mother shared with me a letter written by her daughter. The young adult daughter described the pain and rejection that she felt growing up, and she closed the letter with these words. She said, I don't want to go on the rest of my life still trying to please you so you'll love me. And that's all I ever wanted, just your love. And I know that's tough because... It's tough. We don't want to have a, a, a lazy love that doesn't help bring the best out of our kids. God doesn't love that way. I mean, he's always trying to stretch us to be all that we can be. And, and it's hard sometimes because we, we want our kids to achieve. We want them to be the best. We want them to be what God wants them to be. And, and so we're trying to do that, but yet at the same time communicate, even when you mess up, I love you. And nothing can change the fact that I'm, I'm in your corner. I have your back. I'm, I'm going to be cheering you on. Boy, it's hard sometimes to, to keep that in balance. And then sometimes our kids are just hard to, hard to love. I, I, I've been very blessed with three great kids, and, you know, I, I don't deserve kids that are as good as I have. They have a good mother. Thank the Lord for that. But, uh, I can remember the oldest, and I, and I think probably with most of us with the oldest child, we struggle more because we tend to be a little more perfectionist, and we're trying to raise the perfect child. And I, I know Man, we, we, had that. we had to go to counseling for ourselves to try to not become, be perfectionists. Uh, that's a fun story to tell you some of the things we had to do with that. But, um, 
But I remember uh, when my oldest, who's adorable, but when she was in about eighth and ninth grade, she wasn't very adorable. And, and she wasn't very likable. She'd come in the house, and she really didn't have much to say to me. She'd kind of walk by me and go in her room and close the door. And I thought I was a pretty nice guy. But she just didn't seem to have a lot of interest in a, think, in a relationship with me or think I had much to offer right then. And I can remember, in fact, I can think of a specific place where I was sitting in a chair and Gloria saying, now, now Dave, even though she acts like she could care less what you say about her or care less if you hug her, you've got to keep hugging her and you've got to keep telling her that you love her. I mean, I'd worked really hard on that as the kids were growing up, and I'd, I'd tell them I loved them. I, in fact, we had a little saying, don't forget, and that meant they could repeat it back, I love you and you're special. That, that's what they're supposed to remember. They'll, we'll close letters to, to this day with that. I, I tried to communicate that, but man, there were times in which that was really hard when I felt just being rejected or ignored. And then I remember we worked through that. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord junior high doesn't last forever. For those of you who are junior high. But we made it through those years somehow. And I can remember they're still in college where Carrie was struggling, asking herself, boy, my parents really love me, but is it because I've been a high achiever? Is it because I've been a good girl? Am I loved because of my performance? And that's why I got to tell you that a Father's Day card she sent me when she was 20, 21 is a, is a treasured possession of mine. On the front, it shows a dad carrying a child. It said, Dad, your love and support have carried me over the years. You helped me to become the person that I am today. Happy Father's Day. But it's a handwritten note that means the most to me. On the handwritten note, she said, I love you, Daddy. Thank you for all the ways you've supported the decisions I have made and the person I have become both over the years and now. I know that even when we disagree, there's nothing I can do to change how much you love me. And that makes all the difference in the world. Gary. When it's all said and done, folks, through my imperfections and failures, if somehow to my kids I can communicate an unchangeable love, I'll feel like I've been pretty successful as a dad. Dads, be great lovers. Love God with all your heart. Make that affirmation clear before others. Love your wife. Love your spouse. You might even want to, hey, let's try those suggestions for that weekly date or that daily time of 15 minutes just to connect with each other so that we can grow in that love. And love your kids, not just when they're good, 